Welcome to the Not All Love and Light podcast. I'm your host, Romy Moreno. And today we have Natalie Pizarro, founder of Growing the Pizarros. Welcome. Thank you. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. You're the founder of Growing the Pizarros. Mm -hmm. What exactly is Growing the Pizarros? So Growing the Pizarros was established back in 2013. It was a opportunity for us to start blogging and blogging for infertility because my husband and I had been together already for quite some time. We've been together since 2003. And it was our next step to start building a family. And when we decided to go through the in vitro, because we went through quite a few losses, meaning we had at least four miscarriages before um, having to go through in vitro. So when we went to um, the infertility office, we noticed there's all these people in this waiting room and we were kind of like, nobody talks about infertility, nobody talks about IVF. And I felt like an avenue where not only could I express my experience, but maybe it could help somebody that might be going through it, that it's okay to talk about it and it's okay if you have infertility issues. So um, after my gen- after all the testing that I had done, I have a translocation where um, chromos- my chromosomes are inverted. So 4 and 15 are inverted. So that's what's causing me to have early miscarriages. So I would have a miscarriage after like the seventh week. So I'll get the heartbeat and then I'll just have the miscarriage. So in order for me to do the the process, they have to, um, you know, retrieve my eggs. I have to do the injections until finally um, they do the genetic testing on all of my embryos. And when they did that, they saw that um, I only had one healthy embryo. So all those chances I could have had would have been miscarriages. And knowing the fact that I had one embryo was like we were screaming so we documented that. We did the, the process. My my doctor said, okay, we're going to put in the embryo and God willing, we'll have a baby. And thank God, uh, my daughter, Sabrina, came to this world and we enjoyed parenthood. We stopped blogging because we were like, well, now we have our baby and now we're being parents. So growing the Pizarro's blog took a halt because we wanted to be parents. So Sabrina was born on September 2nd of 2013 and July of 2017, sorry, July of 2015, God needed to take her back. So she was almost two years old and it was a very difficult time for us and healing and trying to grasp that we worked so hard to bring her onto this earth and then God just had other plans for her. So uh, shortly after, I would say about maybe four or six months later is when we started blogging again, because then we decided that we wanted to go through the process again and try to have another baby. And, you know, I spoke about grief and I spoke about my story and I got into details as to like, you know, what I was emotionally going through because you're in such a dark place and you're trying to um, fathom life. And I worked so hard to bring her and I only had one embryo. So I'm going through the whole entire in vitro process once again. Thankfully, uh, going through that process and and doing it again, I was given an opportunity to have my daughter with me now, which is Anna Sophia. She was born on March 9, 2017. Again, after going through this process, I decided that, um, you know, I was working and the pandemic hit and it was all of these situations where I felt like I'd been working so hard and working crazy hours in my marketing world. And I wanted to have more time with my daughter. And 
if God is giving me a chance, I want to be more present in her life. So it was a kind of a blessing in disguise when in the pandemic, um, my employer had to shift and make changes into his world. And I said, you know, I cried. I couldn't believe I was being let go because it was never something that has ever happened. But it was one of those feelings that, you know, I got to step forward. And and now maybe this is my opportunity now to spend time with my daughter. And what were you doing before? I was working. Well, I've been in marketing and advertising for since 2003. So I worked for multiple advertising agencies and I was a director of marketing at a at a mental health clinic. Okay. Yeah. So I was, you know, I really enjoyed and I thought that that was going to be my world that I'm going to be in because it's mental health. I got to see a lot of people going through very dark places, um, finding avenues of opportunity to get better and to mentally be able to uh, process and go through what they needed to go through in order to move on. Um, Because if anybody knows me, I'm very big on, I want to try to, I don't want to stay stuck in my depression. I want to keep moving. I want to be positive. I want to give hope to people. It's such a difficult time to, when I, what I went through that I, when we lost our daughter, I went to a few like group counselings and I will never forget being in there in a circle. Everybody had to hold a stone in order to speak. And when it was my turn, I mean, we were three weeks into losing Sabrina and people were around me talking about, oh, I lost my son. I lost my daughter. I lost so-and-so. It's been 10 years. It's been 15 years. But bawling, like if they just lost their child. So I'm talking and I'm like, okay, you know, this is a little difficult to talk about. And one lady said, since losing my child, I've lost like the twinkle in my eye. I'm a different person. And we got back in the car and I looked at Eric and I said, honey, like, I don't want to be that person that lost their twinkle in their eye. If anything, this was a learning experience of knowing what I don't want to be. And I don't want to be stuck in a group where I'm going to be constantly reliving that moment and being sad and being depressed. I want to be able to move forward and move past this because I know for sure we'll be reunited again once we go to our heavens. So that was definitely one thing that I, I want to make sure that I keep pursuing to people that if they go through something unimaginable, that you can still pull through it with the right resources. And that was really powerful for you to show up thinking, you know, this is what people do. This yeah. is a support that usually works. But then realizing this is not what I want. This mm-hmm. is not what's going to work for me. A lot of people, when something bad happens, it kind of becomes like their identity, Mm -hmm. right? And who they are, Mm -hmm. right? So you decided like, that's not the life you want to live. I did not. It was eye-opening. It was really one of those that I, I was so annoyed of being sad, if that makes any sense. I'm like, I'm tired of crying. I'm tired of being sad. I'm I'm tired. Like I want my daughter back. You know, and how do I... Sorry, I'm going to get emotional. It's okay. And I said, why are you giving me this opportunity to bring her here and then take her? And I had to take the bigger step and say, like, no, I need to... um, I'm not alone. There's other families that have lost a child and I want to be able to connect with them. And thankfully, I was able to connect with Betsy, with Better With Betsy, and other lost moms that have really 
given me that light of understanding of that there is a bigger God, there is a bigger opportunity. And I had very close friends at the gym at the time that invited me to their church. And I think that that's what turned me to really be more educated about God and heaven and being connected in that way. And all of the different signs that I would receive and all of the different messages I would feel like it just opened up a bigger opportunity of knowing that Okay, she physically might not be here, but spiritually, I feel her. And she's speaking to me through butterflies. She's speaking through, to me through other people that say, I saw this and thought of you. Um, or there'll be a random message and I was like, wow, that, that came from Sabrina. And then with my daughter now, there's so many extra connections that she has with her sister that she's never met, but has a special connection that I would rock her to sleep and she'll just look up and smile and everything is like, um, no, because Sabrina is here and she's playing with me or mommy, mommy, feel my heart. My heart is beating so fast. And I said, why? She goes, because Sabrina's in my heart. That's beautiful. So it's these feelings of like, I know that she's around, not physically, but I know she's around us and constantly. Children, and children have a higher way of like connecting to the to the spiritual world, yeah. animals and, and small little babies before they start realizing like you real know, life the, yeah real life <laughs> and like have all these issues to like think about every day so she really is playing with her sister and she really is feeling her sister you know what i mean oh definitely. so it's like a really beautiful thing but i feel you on the messages like you know my dad does it to me all the time right like it's all the time and he loves to do it through mariachis like <laughs> like literally it just it's hilarious because he's just a mariachi lover and he does that and, and yeah. little things and and it, in those moments it just doesn't make you feel so sad mm-hmm. it makes you feel kind of like warm exactly yeah, yeah like okay yeah. i know like you're still here and i am gonna be reunited with you and when the time is right correct so i just i've learned that and it, it took a while and going to church and listening to um, one of the pastors, Levi Lusco, um, and he also lost his daughter. And being a pastor, I mean, that doesn't happen to pastors. Like, you just think that doesn't happen to anybody. Um, but this pastor went through that unimaginable as well and lost his daughter. And it just felt this amazing connection. And he put into my mind, it's like, we're just X amount of days closer to getting to them. It's not that they're away. We're getting closer to them. And I said, you know, that's just a great way of like, we're like 365 days closer instead of saying it's been 365 days that you haven't been with me. Right. And I loved that message because it's positive. It's, it's feeling of like, yes, I'm, we're going to get reunited again, you know? And I, I tell this a lot of people that it's, I'm, it's a weird blessing. I was so scared about, you know, death and, 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 and not, understanding that but now i feel like what a blessing it is that i have my family and my daughter with me here on earth but i also have a daughter waiting for me in heaven and for me to be at peace and knowing that like it's gonna be okay you know i just i know that it's gonna be hard on on earth but i'm gonna be very happy in heaven whenever my time comes yeah so i really like that message that your pastor said because it is true you know it's something to look forward to versus like something to like still be attached to Mm -hmm. right or like Mm -hmm. think about like what could have been how it could have been like oh my god you know all of that that could have you know i've known people that have lost their children and it's been years like a lot of years and it's just they're still in it 
Of course. You know, I mean, I, there, everybody grieves differently. Right. And I think that processing that is going to be difficult, but I think it's the right resources and the right things to be connected with and getting, holding on to something to give you that arm to help you process it, right. you know? So I had told you in, in previous before is that, um, I, you know, I read, I got journals, I had books, I had group therapies. Um, I did, we did individual therapy and together therapy. Our parents, our family was part of Nico's Promise, which they reached out to families that have lost a child. And it's not just for the parents, it's for their grandparents, because not only are they grieving, you know, they're grieving their grandchild and trying to figure out how to support their children. So they did group counseling together, which is beautiful. You know, after doing therapy with our therapist, he brought up, oh, you can do EMDR because there was times we could not drive without like, if I'm alone, it's like, it was just a wind of trauma of just thinking of that day and what we went through. And, and, and then I feel like for my husband as well, like I, we just both felt like, oh my God, I can't even drive without him, like grabbing my arm or grabbing my hands. And then just like, and then <sighs> releasing. And I remember telling the therapist, I'm like, I just, I can't go every day without crying. I can't go without like thinking of this day. So he goes, well, let's try EMDR therapy. And I'm like, what the hell is EMDR therapy? And it's almost like a hypnosis. And way, the way he explained it to me was, it's like your trauma's in frontal of your brain. So if, it takes time and years for it to be filed back. How people say time heals, right? So I said, wait a minute. So you're going to fast forward my memory? Like, this is amazing. Like, I'm not going to be crying every five minutes. And he's like, well, you know, it, it takes a few sessions. And I did a few sessions. My husband did a few sessions. And and it's not something that you're like, you wake up and you're fine. You almost realize a day later, I didn't cry today. And you're like, wow. Okay. And then more and more, you feel stronger. You feel better. You feel so like, that's why, I mean, yes, it's been seven years, but I, I also feel like, yes, time has healed, but I've also felt like people talking to me a year or two later, they're like, you're so strong. And I said, I'm, I mean, I'm probably strong because I have my faith and I did the therapy and the right tools to help me get grounded. Right. If that makes any sense. That makes a hundred percent sense. Like <laughs> so if you don't work on it, you're not going to get better with anything. With anything. You know, you also did ketamine. Yes, I did. So I did like two sessions because the 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 place I was working, they're like, you need to um, try it to see. So when you market it or, you know, you can explain it and, and see how it works. And I said, sure. So I've never done any, any type of drugs. I'm not like, I mean, let's be real. I wasn't in that world, but I have a lot of friends that do. <laughs> As I raise my hand. <laughs> <laughs> and that's totally fine. Uh, but I was like very nervous. What am I going to expect? And, um, you know, I did the ketamine. I did, they start small and they increase your doses. So the first time I was very anxious. I felt the noises um, and I felt good. I felt like my eyelids were more open. I felt more like awake. And then the next one that I did, because I knew I was really anxious, they're like, okay, now let's put your eye mask on. Let's put the right music. And they set the tone perfectly. And it almost felt like a movie where you're um, almost getting towards the end and you're like, and it stops. And you're like, what's supposed to happen now? It was just, I mean, I had eye, like, eye covers on and it felt like light. And yeah, you could see everything. And I'm like, yeah, but. 
and my eyes started crying. And I almost felt like, was I getting to heaven to see her? Like it felt what, what could have, you know? So I personally felt great. I felt light. I felt happy. It felt amazing. But the normal sessions are you supposed to do like six sessions to go through that whole process to really um, engage and really understand like your upbringing or it'll bring back the past or it could bring loved ones. There's all these um, areas, but my mom did it. And my mom has, you know, had a really hard time going through, um, you know, the loss of her grandchild. And then my mom had a stroke. So it was all these different emotions lifting and from her back trauma that her doing the academy, I saw a big difference. I mean, she was locked up in her room. She didn't want anyone. She wanted, she was like, why my granddaughter? Why not me? It was a lot of those, you know, situations, but she did the ketamine and I saw a better change in her and, and she she moved past it. And so, again, I did a lot of, you know, I've seen a lot of people out, you know, go through all of it and and go through that process with ketamine and, and it definitely does work. It's amazing. So there's so many opportunities to, if you're stuck, there's ways to open up that feeling. Of, I've, I've never done ketamine, but obviously it's on my list. <laughs> Check. <laughs> you know, not yet, not checking yet, yes. but... From my understanding, it is a psychedelic. It is. I'm a huge advocate for psychedelics. And it's, it's a been, microdosing, which Yeah, and it's it's been it's been a huge <laughs> factor in my own healing and my own personal development, you know, with the mushrooms and the ayahuasca and peyote. But I've never done ketamine. But my understanding is that ketamine is more like a dissociative. It's mm-hmm. not as emotional as these other plant medicines that I that I've done in the past. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it could it depends. Some people can get emotional after it, but it's definitely more of like a psychedelic that it's like, it just kind of gives you, makes you float, makes you feel like you're in a different world. And then when you get back, it's almost that feeling after the academy, once it wears off that you just feel better and lighter and happier. Like I would see my mom like super chat, like chatty and, you know, happy and, um, but then it can wear off. So it's one of those that you just have to maintain. Right. That's awesome though. Like Mm -hmm. I'm all for I know all the different types of, you know, tools that we have. We there's so many. And out there. everybody's different. So we have to find what, what works. Mm-hmm. Right. So some people are better in a group setting. They are. Some people are not. Me. Yeah. <laughs> so so definitely it's not. like finding what works for you, but definitely trying different things. Absolutely. And I was very desperate at that time that I just wanted to find something to make me feel better and be able to not cry, you know, twelve hours in a day. You know, I really wanted, I'm like, it's okay to cry. You know, it's okay to, I mean, I have certain triggers now, seven years later. I mean, there's, I tell people, I'm like, it's never going to go away, like ever. It's stuck with me for the rest of my life, but I'm able to process it and kind of uh, switch my mindset. Right. You know, when I start feeling this way, I'll start, I'll get emotional talking about it, but mm-hmm. I won't get stuck. And I'm like out in my room and fetal position crying. The whole day. Right. Like you've gained the self-awareness to realize when you are triggered mm -hmm. and then take whatever action you need to do to change your mindset, allow yourself to feel whatever it is that you're feeling, but you're not going to allow that to control your date or your life or, you know, because if not, that's not what she would have wanted anyway. No, definitely. And I mean, I mean, if my girls, if they want, if they listen to this podcast, but I have my best friends that live not even a block away. And I had a really like difficult moment. I think I had saw um, one of my pastors speak and I had a really hard time and I was crying and crying. And I literally was like, Denise, are you home? 
Diane, are you home? And it was like, Diana's like, no, I'm at so-and-so. But she like got to Denise's house. I got to Denise's house. And it was just like, they just swarmed me. And it's just knowing who you can just call in a moment and know that they'll be there for you. you That's know? really and important. I just remember just like, it felt like I went from zero. Like I went back to zero, you know, and they were just like, you know, comforting me. And it just felt so nice to be able to have that moment. And I'm and I'm glad you brought that up because a lot of times people, when they're on the healing journey, they think, oh, I'm already past that. I've already healed from it. And then they have a moment where you feel like you're at ground zero. Like everything, it it happens to me all the time, Mm -hmm. right? And once you understand that these moments happen, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that you've completely thrown away everything, all the hard work you've done. It's just, it's part of the process. It is. Right? To hit ground zero again for a day, not a week. Correct. Correct. I agree. And that's what was like one of my moments. And I said, you know, it's it's okay. I mean, I haven't broke in a long time, basically. And it's okay to just like, oof, let it out. Yeah. And that was a moment that I, I mean, it was recent. I would say not even two years ago or less. And it was a hard moment, but I was able to be with them. They got me through it and, and I'm still here. I'm okay. And, and you started this blog to help other people. I did. But I then did. you found that showing up to this blog was part of your healing. It was. And it was, and it's funny because when we started the blog, it was actually my husband that started writing the blog. So I had no say, not no say, I mean, I was going through it, but it was his writing and his perspective from a male perspective, seeing his wife go through this process. And he was able to explain like, you know, um, you know, what she's going through and then like me going through um, like the anesthesia and the, like all the medications and how it's being super loopy and funny. And so it was really cute seeing it from his perspective. But unfortunately, after she had passed and we were starting the blog, I decided that I'm like, I'm going to start writing. And I didn't have an Instagram for growing the bizarros. I decided, you know, I was with a friend of mine at, a, at my previous employer. And she's like, Nat, you should start a blog. Like, Instead of like, because I didn't want to reopen my personal Instagram because when I opened it publicly, like a lot of people were just digging deep into my history. And I just was like, I want to start fresh. And uh, people that know my blog, they can just revert to it and know why I started the Instagram. And the Instagram was more of like healing for me. I was able to talk about my story, talk about my feelings, talk about my, the messages I would receive from Sabrina, um, talk about my pregnancy journey with Ana Sofia and when she was here. And it just evolved more into um, that storyline of just understanding our story. I had a really good friend that um, her and her husband created a logo for me because I was like, okay, and now I'm growing the bizarros. I think I'm starting to get a little bit more like, you know, known in that world of the community and she's like and I said I want an anchor for hope you know because I learned that from Levi Lusco so I definitely want an anchor in our in our logo and then I feel and and see Sabrina through butterflies right but then butterflies have such a huge significant meaning you know it's evolving through life you know you start as a caterpillar and then you can fly so there's so many transitions in life and I felt like we have I have been on this earth on Thursday, August 11, I will be 40. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I have gone through so much in these 40 years of my life that this is my butterfly. I've gone through so many transitions in life. I mean, we've 
I mean, my husband and I have been together forever as a marriage. And then through my infertility, through our grief and loss, through in vitro again, through uh, being a mom again, and now becoming an entrepreneur and doing my business that I'm doing. You know, there's so many different ways of, of what I've gone through, right? So I felt like with the anchor and the butterfly, I felt like it, it signifies, yes, it signifies our family, but I think other people can relate to it as well, you know, with the hope and the transitions of life and the butterfly. Um, so she created this um, logo for us and I said, wow, okay, I feel official. And she's like, well, do you have a website? I'm like, what? No, no website. She's like, you need to get growingthebazaros.com. And I said, oh, okay, let me get it just in case and transfer my blog. And then when I lost my job in 2020, it was in July and it was right around Sabrina's um, heavenly birthday. And I said, you know, this is so difficult. I'm like, you know, I lost my job and, you know, losing Sabrina. But then I went to church one morning and I said, you know, God, just give me an opportunity to stay home. Like I could not even fathom the fact of redoing my resume, finding a job during like the core of the pandemic working from home with a toddler that's like climbing the walls. Like I can't juggle this life, you know, God bless everyone that has, but it was very overwhelming emotionally for me. And, um, I said, I'm a very big person on accessories. I love jewelry. I mean, I still have a whole like jewelry chest of jewelry that I need to <laughs> shift through. But my husband was like, yeah, you're all into jewelry. I'm like, well, I'm going to try this clay world. I keep seeing clay and I don't know. And it was one of those that it was healing for me to start building clay jewelry. I had no idea what I was going through. I burnt everything. I thought I was baking cookies, super crispy and brown jewelry to really learning and understanding what the right tools I needed to make it. And a lot of trial and errors. And in August of 2020, I opened up my Etsy. I had quite a few sales and I said, well, I gente get it. They want my jewelry. That's awesome. And I was tying a lot of my jewelry to like, um, you know, my purpose and my, my, my life and my daughters. So I was creating these certain pieces for it. And as I evolved, my husband was like, okay, you know, you can do this until like the end of the year. And then, yeah, you need to start looking for a job because this might not pay the bills. So I remember praying again to Jesus and I said, God, please, I love that I'm home and I'm present and I can be with my daughter and play and, and clay and bake and sell and be within the community. Just give me a salary that I'm able to at least be comfortable. Um, yeah, I'll cut back on certain things. Not my nails. <laughs> <laughs> I got to do my nails every week or every two weeks. And sure enough, you know, we did that whole year and I was able to sustain my salary that I was comfortable with. And my husband said, if, if you're happy and people are connected to you with the story and with the jewelry, just keep doing it. And so my husband has been the biggest supporter and I call him my CFO because he does all my finances because I'm not good He's there. He's amazing though. Mr. Pizarro <laughs> is <laughs> amazing. <laughs> Mr. GTP. Mr. GTP. <laughs> so he's been a really, really great supporter. He built our website. He's really involved. Um, he gets home from his real job to gluing backends for me, building pieces, shipping and handling. And he knows how to sell too. He at, covers for you at these vendor markets. I've seen him. Uh, yes. <laughs> he will cover for me. He's amazing. Cause as I'm like, hello, we're like two peas in a pod. So whether it's me selling or you, it's going to be great. Mm -hmm. he, I go, just don't be trying them on because you know, a little weird, <laughs> but, um, so that's what I feel like growing the Pizarro's has just grown, which I love growing the Pizarro's because it's so 
large of a way to, it can grow your faith through me. It can grow your journey through me, growing your hope, growing hope, growing faith, growing. I mean, it just keeps growing. growing. Like just keep throwing some water in there and grow. Um, and I love the fact that my husband and I, we've made this as like a family pack and my niece wanting to be involved as well. And I just feel like this is just something that can just keep growing. I don't know where it's going to take me, but where where I am right now has been such a fulfilling time. And it's been two years that I've been in this business and I just keep thinking to myself, what's next, you know, and I'm hoping to keep growing. I yeah. think I think that your story is so inspirational and Thank so amazing. You. And it, it could help a lot of people that, you know, are probably going through the same thing or even through some other type of trauma, like what they could do in order to get better. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm, I'm working on having an area on my website to have like resources, right? Where resources that helped me or maybe that did not help me, but it's an avenue where you can go on my website and see what did I go through? What did I do to help me get through this loss? Because... Um, you might get a piece of my jewelry and you see the little card of what it talks about, but then you get curious and you may or may not know. So you may know somebody, maybe you or might be someone that you know that has gone through some type of loss. And I feel like there's no losses greater than the other because it's an individual situation. But yes, I mean, I feel like mine is like the unimaginable, you know, and um, losing a child, you feel like you should be gone before your child, not your child before you know, so it was a it was difficult at the time, but I feel that this has been an, an avenue for everyone to be able to come and be connected with my story and be able to heal through this process. Definitely, for sure. So I know that in this process, you started going to church, and that's and dialing into your faith mm -hmm. was a huge factor huge. into your healing. So how has your faith grown after losing Sabi and? What have you learned from God? So before losing Sabrina, I had, you know, I had faith, but it wasn't as strong. I mean, I just grew up Catholic, um, but never went to church weekly or never was involved in a church. So after losing Sabrina, I was very thankful for my friends from the gym, you know, in Virginia from Peak 360. They um, took me in and my husband to Fellowship Church, and we started going to church weekly, and I was able to meet Levi Lusco at one of his tours that he would come to one of the churches. And we actually had a moment with him and he prayed, him and his wife prayed over my husband and I, and I felt already a connection because he already had lost a child. So when he actually was able to, I felt like a celebrity because I'm like, he was able to pray for us and, and, and give us strength through that time. I just felt more of this, like, I need to just keep going to church. You know, it's, what else do I have? Like, what else am I doing? You know, so I felt like my Sundays felt like this is for God. This is, you know, for my daughter. I want her. I, I felt like if I kept going to church every week, I felt like I was getting closer and con more connected with Sabrina. And we would go um, weekly and, and I was involved with the church. And I felt like the more and more I was involved with the church, the more I felt connected to her. And my faith grew and I was baptized as a Christian and it's been more eye-opening of how beautiful heaven could be once I'm reunited with her. And that's why I feel that church was a big, big, big foundation on me being able to get through this process because I was able to understand, you know, death basically. Yes. So I've, I've, I think I've grown my faith a lot more because I had faith before, but 
my faith has grown tremendously since then. Which is beautiful because usually when these things happen, people usually shy away from God and shy away from, you know, a higher power because they have to put their anger towards something yeah. and blame someone, right? Always. So it's it's God. And yeah. I don't want to know anything about God. Like, why, did why you would do this? this? Correct. Mm-hmm. So you did the opposite. Yeah. And you found healing. I did. It was one of those that, again, like I mentioned, I'm like, I just need to find something to give me hope or strength, peace, comfort. I didn't want the negative. I mean, obviously I was very upset when it happened, you know, and I was very angry and I would say certain things that I mean, I apologize years later that I'm like, if I said anything that was not right, I mean, I was just not in the right mindset, you know? There was like certain situations that happened. I'm like, you know, because Sabrina died, now we have this, you know? And it's like, I remember those words coming out and I was very angry, but I'm glad that I was able to be in the right mindset. And my husband wanted to be in that same boat too, because having a partner that was seeking that too, I feel like the both of us, I would always tell everybody, you know, there's no other, because people would ask, oh, is Natalie and Eric still married? And I said, what do you mean still married? Hell yeah, we're still married. Because a lot of marriages can break because of a loss, you know? And there was, we looked at each other. I'm like, I could not imagine being with anybody else, but with my husband, because there's nobody on this earth that understands each other's pain. Because I can, he could, or I could be with somebody else, but they won't understand the pain. And the only comfort that I had was with my husband, where I just felt like only you understand and it was a yin-yang that I would have a hard day, he would be my strength. He would have a hard day, I was his strength. And it just felt like we were just in sync during that time. And there was no other person I wanted to be by my side, you know? Yeah. And 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 a lot of people, they go, oh, relationships are 50-50. And I don't believe that. I feel like some days you have to show up 100% for the other person, like yes. you mentioned. Yes. Yeah. So I was zero. He was 100. Right. You know, so I just, I felt, and to this day, I feel like our marriage has grown tremendously since then. And, you know, we just want to keep growing our marriage as well, you know, growing. Keep growing. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Natalie. I really appreciate you taking the time to sharing. Of course. I know that it's not the easiest, but I know that every time you talk about it, you heal a little bit more. I hope so. So I I really appreciate you doing this with me. And where can people find you? So they so you can find me on my website, which is growingthepizarros.com or on Instagram, which is at growingthepizarros. You can also find her on our monthly sip and shop at Omen Vine because yes. she's always there. I'm always <laughs> there. Her earrings. She's trying to help me out with my um, girly Yes, look. please, girl. Girl, <laughs> you need to accessorize. She finally got some earrings, some dangles. But they're still black. <laughs> yeah, but I have definitely. like this thing. Like, I've just never been like the girly girl that wears all these accessories and all these bags and all this stuff. I'm just like in my workout clothes, like. Yeah, you know, no, we're changing it, girl. I know. I have I have a nice group of women that are are trying to help me. You know, (laughs) I know when I need help in an area, and I know (laughs) that this is one for sure. Definitely no, and I love being with you guys at Omen Vine. So if you guys haven't been by, I highly recommend it. A pop up is a great opportunity to meet me and all the staff that works there. I enjoy the wine. I enjoy the comforts. It's amazing. You enjoy the wine very much. Oh, very much. (laughs) Sorry, not sorry. (laughs) 
Aww. all right guys thank you so much for listening in i want to remind you guys to subscribe to the podcast leave a review and share it if this episode was helpful for you and remember guys it's not all love and light <laughs>